0: This is the Soybean Pest Podcast. It's now November 16th, 2016. We're into season seven. This is our 16th episode of season seven. My name is Matt O'Neill.
1: I'm Erin Hodson. Hi Erin. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah? It's been the nicest November that I can ever remember.
0: So mellow. Temperature.
1: I don't even need a coat. Yeah. You think it's messing with the insects?
0: Um, messing with the plants? It's messing with me. Because
1: <laughs> it gets dark at four? <laughs> well, it gets,
0: it gets dark at four, and I've got all my summer clothes mixed with some winter clothes. I, this is a problem with climate change. This is nice. We're going to pay for it. Yeah. There's no free rides in nature. You're going to pay for the comfort somewhere down the line.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: Was, so uh, it, it takes away from the pleasure... Of a mild fall to know that, yeah, this is probably going to be a hot summer somewhere down the line. It's
1: one of the, I think, the hottest year we've ever had, right, on earth?
0: Ever? Which has been the case for the past decades. We keep breaking our own records. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Uh. It's not a good one to break. No. No. But anyway. Anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How about some... How about about, some uh, topics to discuss that uh, related to uh, insect pests?
1: Yeah, I think today uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, renewed registration for an insecticide that we've talked about several times on our podcast, and also share a little bit of information about a colony that went down in our uh, lab, and that was kind of a little mini-emergency. And then... uh, Recap a three-minute thesis, a, and we'll explain what that is.
0: A big event that happened on campus yeah. for some of our students.
1: It's kind of a new trend that's happening all over the place. Oh, see where tell, tell me right your, on the tell me your tell me your research in you know in the elevator speech type thing.
0: Three so, minutes in an
1: elevator. Well, it's it's you know it's, it's, a, it's a long a big, time. Yeah, but I, your point well taken. Yeah, like can you concisely tell me what you're doing? And, no, no, <laughs> no I, <can't. laughs> well, I know you can't. But. <laughs> that's why these
0: things last so long. <laughs> so um number 1 we just got word from a colleague should we say contact yeah. at uh, Dow that the label for uh, a class or a, a active ingredient a for uh, insecticide referred to as safloxaflor um that that label has now been or that product has now been re-registered and there's a a federal label for its use
1: That's right um, it's known, I think, in a couple other words uh, or trade names like Transform, Seeker, and Sequoia, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we were looking at Transform and Seeker not only in soybean but for corn, and it was targeting aphids.
0: Let's talk um, a little bit about what Siflo- Sif- sulfoxiflor is. Sure. It's an um, insecticide that uh, is Fairly specific to a, to insects that are um, they feed with piercing, sucky mouthparts, like aphids. Yep. And it's a systemic, is that right? Yeah, it's taken up by the plant some? Do we know that?
1: Uh, you know, I, I can't say for sure, but because it does target fluid feeders, you'd have to think that it is, is uh, translocated mm-hmm. in the plant.
0: And um, it was approved for use in a variety of crops.
1: A lot of different crops. Yeah. hmm um, But
0: there was some controversy in whether or not the registration process was done correctly.
1: With the EPA, right? With the EPA.
0: Yeah. And um, EPA was taken to court on this, and um, the Ninth District Circuit Court ruled it in favor of the plaintiffs, uh, meaning that EPA had to go through the registration process again Provide more data. And they have done that, and so now we have a new label. Um, And the label that we're looking at is for, uh, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, um, it's for crops that we don't necessarily grow a lot of in Iowa. Yeah. So the new label is for um, things like root and tuber vegetables, potatoes, um, succulent, edible, potted, and dry beans, triticale, and wheat. Uh, all crops that suffer at some point, or can suffer at some point, from aphids and fluid feeders. So beyond aphids, it'd be things like stink bugs, white flies, psyllids, scales. Yeah. You
1: know, I think I think those states that had the emergency Section 18s and cotton and sorghum, they, those Section 18s are still in place, so if you have an emergency... Uh, situation that you need, especially with aphids and and cotton or sorghum. I think people are still able to use the Transform or Subloxiflor. We, in Iowa, do not have a Section 18 for any of the crops. And I I think most of the Midwestern states would also be excluded. So it's mostly allowable on those crops. Of course, in the South, that's where they have a lot of Mm -hmm. cotton and sorghum compared to us.
0: And, um, you know, I think in a previous episode, was that a year ago? It may have been, yeah, that we talked about the... It was last spring that we talked about the legal issues related to the... Oh, yeah. Uh, ...sufflox
1: floor label. One of label. Many. Yeah. Under review, yeah. But anyway, uh,
0: so there's more details there if somebody wants to find them. But yeah. to make a long story short, the product can be used for some crops. Uh, not necessarily... Well, not corn and soybeans, but um, for a variety of things. And... That's
1: that. Yeah. Um, more news to come. That, that's kind of an evolving issue with, uh, with not only sephloxiflor, but as registrations come online or get canceled, mm-hmm. that's something we'll try to keep you guys up to date on. Yeah.
0: And I guess one of the things that's kind of interesting about active ingredients like sephloxiflor is that um, it is very specific to the pests, N- and has limited or reduced impact on other insects especially the natural enemies that would feed on them so and and presumably pollinators as well which was part of the reason why the original registration was in dispute yep. but um anyway it's uh, you know i think on the plus side it's nice to see that there are insecticides that are could be available to us for use against the past with some selectivity
1: yeah that's really exciting there there are not a lot of options when it comes to field crops Uh, in iowa for corn and soybean there's there's very few modes of action to pick from so to have something that is unique and fairly selective is really exciting
0: and that was me kicking the desk not out of excitement but just because
1: (laughs) i have an odd arrangement in here all right so
0: that's item number one yeah should we move on i think so item number two this is kind of a little inside sad story for us.
1: Yeah, you you, you may not know, and you and you probably don't know but that you're about uh, <laughs> <to> know. <laughs> we you we maintain know. a couple different uh, soybean aphid biotypes here, and not only our building, but actually spread throughout a couple different buildings, and colony. So we have growth chambers where we just have I think four different biotypes. Is that right, Matt? At least at least four different and biotypes. Then
0: don't you have a colony? Yeah, we separate have, from that. That is, uh, you're investigating whether the aphids are resistant to insecticide.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. So we have many colonies and at least at least four different biotypes, and the biotypes are a reflection of uh, host plant resistance on whether they're virul- virulent or avirulent. So whether they can persist or not on different yeah. host plant resistant genes. And so I same we've talked species. About it before.
0: Same species, but subpopulations that respond differently to traits in yeah. the plant. Now these aren't uh genetically modified traits. These are traits that are naturally occurring in the germplasm. And
1: they don't yeah, look different. No, they don't really, no. I mean, they you wouldn't be able to tell just by looking what kind of biotype they are. So we we keep these separated because it'd be very easy to mix them up. And so these growth chambers are kind of under high high pressure situations where it's hot, um, they need a, a constant care to make sure that the plants are healthy, so that the aphids are healthy.
0: And we've had great help by our graduate students Shelby Pritchard and uh, before her Adam Baronhorst and, and
1: Eric Clifton,
0: who have maintained those colonies. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes things go wrong, and not any fault of the students. So we had a compressor fail yeah. on one of them, yeah. and that what roasted.
1: Them? It kind of just cooked them all, and they, instead of green, like we'd like to see, they were kind of like black (laughs) or dark, dark red or black. So yeah, they basically got cooked inside those growth chambers, and and unfortunately over a weekend, you know, it's sometimes hard to keep up, and so last week, over the weekend, um, unfortunately, a compressor went out and cooked the colony, and I... I don't know if there's too many places. Maybe three or four places in the United States where they have all four biotypes maintained, and so we're we're re- fairly unique, and um, we're gonna try and get that back up and running again, just yeah. as soon as we're confident that growth chamber will be okay.
0: Maybe if our listener has a colony that they can give us a little biotype two, population. yeah.
1: Yeah, and and uh, isn't that always the way? Like with the warranties, we had a two-year warranty. Oh, yeah, Grow yeah. Chamber just over two years. <laughs> so, so that's the way it goes. But um, yeah, that's just one of the day-to-day things that little emergencies that we have to go through.
0: This isn't so much for our listener. This is more for us. This is just a grieving process <laughs> going through the stages. Hey, how about uh, something a little bit happier? Yeah. Um, item number three, the three minute thesis competition here on campus.
1: Yeah, our, our students have, a, I think, a lot of opportunities to talk about their research here at Iowa State and then through some of our professional societies and they can do that through like ten minute paper presentations or sometimes they, get, they can do a poster presentation, And uh, but maybe a new trend that I've seen happening kind of on campus and around is these three minute theses. And so the deal is basically you get one slide, is that right? And you get one up to three minutes sometimes to share your story.
0: Three minutes on the stage. So these are sometimes abbreviated 3MT competitions, and they're international. I think it started in Australia Mm -hmm. uh, and has kind of spread globally. Mm -hmm. They're usually done as a competition. And in Iowa State, there's a university-wide competition and then winners go on to a regional and maybe even a national event. Uh, our uh, event was held November 15th, 2016, so that was yesterday. Yep. And there were some almost, well, 30 uh, contestants, wow. students, and the topics range from uh, agronomy to soil science, veterinary uh, medicine.
1: They wouldn't let you in?
0: They wouldn't let me in. (laughs) No, it was just for the students, and um, but we had three. uh, Well, I should say we had two entomology students or people who were in our department. Uh, Three people talked explicitly about insects. Megan Mackert, who's in the EEB program, Uh, Rebecca Reynolds, who's a I think she's in the genetics program, but her uh, head advisor is Ryan Smith here in entomology. Yep. And then our very own Guzhang.
1: Yeah. uh,
0: And um, all of them, uh, I thought, did really well. They haven't announced any winners yet. But you can see these in their entirety uh, on YouTube. We'll provide a link. I can do that. Yep. Text box, the description for this. It's about three hours, <laughs> because there's a you know, little space in between, uh, but yeah. um, the and, and the space in between is so that there's judges and the judges get a chance to kind of summarize the scores and all. Mm-hmm. Although they didn't post the scores, I think that'll probably come later. Yeah. But I found it really interesting. I was watching it uh, this morning, just to see how God and others did. You know, the thing that's shocking is just how much stuff goes on here. That you have no idea about. It's kind how of could amazing. you
1: summarize your your whole thesis or dissertation in three minutes? That's amazing. So you have to, you know, like what's most important? Carve mm. out a sliver um, and try and translate that in one slide. Yeah. Ooh.
0: Yeah, and it, it's interesting watching all the students attempt this because, you know, they have one slide, so that, you know there there is a visual component, but the different ways that they all take to uh, explain themselves is mm-hmm. interesting, mm. and. You know, some, some I don't want to say are better than others. It's just some are different. You know, some. By
1: different, you mean better? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Not really. <laughs> You're not really kidding.
0: It's clear that some people have had more practice speaking in public than yeah. others, and some get, you know, three minutes. There's some pressure there, right? Yeah. Cause, you hiccup, you make one, you know, pause, and that's a substantial amount of your time.
1: Right. Um, well, and, and, and you're right. It's not so much, I mean, obviously there's different kinds of research. And when you talk about Iowa State, there are, you know, all these colleges, yeah. all these departments, but just the verbal, like the translation, being able to speak, that, that, that yeah. level of, you know, how much practice they've had is probably all over the place from, I've never done this before to you know maybe they've done it many many times if they're you know at the end of their phd career so yeah i'll take a look
0: yeah maybe others will as well hope yeah. so and again a
1: lot of a lot of
0: diversity and topics uh, from wind energy to mm. conservation to best approaches for communication which is kind of mm. interesting given mm-hmm. that setting
1: yeah um to bees
0: yeah yeah to bees to some of our bee work mm-hmm. so anyway that that, how are we doing on time? That's pretty good. Uh... We're doing
1: great on time. Um, I have a few other things that maybe I could bring up as far as kind of what's coming up uh, in the future, maybe some upcoming events. Okay. Um, this week I'm working on Final Touches for the Yellow Book, and that's a publication that I put out every winter. It summarizes our insecticide efficacy evaluation. This year we had two locations. One of them in particular had really high aphid numbers. and so. Uh, that's a publication that many people look to for kind of upcoming products, that kind of thing. So there's some new, new insecticides in there that you probably aren't too familiar with, and people like to compare those to some of the standards. So when that comes out, well, we can definitely talk about some of the highlights in a future podcast, and I'll I'll put a link to our yellow books so you can look uh, we've been doing you you started in 2005 oh
0: yeah so long ago and
1: I started in 2000 I took over in 2009 yeah. so it's been going strong for a number of years so um, that's coming up
0: the should we talk about the ICF conference I'm sure we'll yeah. say this again um,
1: well we probably won't meet again before you think so it's the 29th. It's in less than two weeks. Yeah,
0: Uh, So I I have on the calendar here, November 30th to December 1st, 2016, is the Integrated Crop Management Conference at the Iowa State Center in Ames, Iowa. And I believe you can still register for
1: it. Registration's open right now and you can pick your own courses. And this is not something that's typical. Usually there's kind of an agenda that you follow, but here you go to the classes that you're most interested in. This year we've never had more uh, options, yeah. so there, I think there are uh, over forty-five different kinds of talks, and so if you need uh, like soil and water credits for your CCA or CEUs, this is a good chance to get a wide variety of different kinds of credits. And yeah, registration is still open,
0: and there are speakers from all over. Yeah, the it's Midwest. not just us. There's eight. Uh, invited speakers this year from outside the university. Some as far as the University of Arkansas, talking about fungicide selection, timing to manage southern rust of corn, to Mm -hmm. new technologies like RNA interference, is that the next big thing for crop protection? Um, And then people from both universities, uh, commodity groups like the Iowa Soybean Association, uh, the director of the On-Farm Network, Scott Nelson, is going to be presenting, mm-hmm. and um, agronomist from uh, the private sector, DuPont Pioneer, Ryan Van Roikel. Ro- 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 am I pronouncing that right? I don't know who that Understanding is. Understanding increasing soybean yields. I'm All right. Talk. So, and you and I. Yeah.
1: yeah, and you're on the 30th. I'm on the 1st, so... Catch you, us there. Yeah, you'll catch us there and be happy to uh, answer more questions. Um, in addition to ICM Conference... You can also register for Crop Advantage series. That's a multi-location event that happens all throughout January in Iowa. I think this year Crop Advantage series. <laughs> there are there are 14 locations, so hopefully there's one close to you. Are you pumped about that? I'm only doing 11, so, you I'm know, 11. I'm what not quite doing them all, but it's yeah. about a
0: month that you live in your car,
1: right? I spend a lot of time at Casey's, you know, different conference centers. <laughs> um, I eat a lot of mashed potatoes and green beans, but it's a pretty fun month. So, sounds awesome. <laughs> fun. Sounds You're awesome. doing one of them, too. You're covering for me, so thanks, yeah. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be on the road. Uh, something uh, also that might be of interest is if you are thinking about getting a CCA certification, which... And in Iowa is. is, yes, exactly. That's what I think. That usually helps with uh, jobs and that kind of thing. Um, CCA test in Iowa is one of the hardest ones in the US. Oh, really? And, but we at Iowa State are going to help you. And we have yeah, an we online are. course that you can take. I think the course that you, uh, is uh, the next test exam session is February 9th. So you can take this online course and I can share the link with that and it helps prep you and your chances of passing the first time. If you take this class, is uh, is uh, more likely than if not. So I encourage you to take the course to help you pass the test.
0: What's the uh, fail rate on that?
1: Or- for Iowa, actually, it's really for first timers. It's really I think it's over fifty percent. Really? Yeah, it's a really hard Whoa. test to pass. In other states, it's not. It's not. I wouldn't say it's easy, but much more likely to pass. But for some reason, Iowa, we have real strict, strict Whoa. guidelines. So it's it's not like one of those things where you, you, we just probably walk in and pass unless. You're like a seasoned agronomist, but yeah, it's a, it, it takes a, it takes some prep because it's multidisciplinary type test. So it's entomology, to soils, plant pathology, agronomy, all those disciplines. That's amazing. Anything else?
0: Uh, I think that's it. All right. Google soybean etymology.
1: If you Just Google our- soybean etymology, you can find our research and extension website It pops. Right up top. So it's got
0: good Google juice?
1: It's so juicy. The oh. website, yeah, so it pops right That's up on thin, top. That's the thing, right? Google yes. juice?
0: We're not just making that
1: up. I'm totally not making that up. So you can find us just by just by searching soybean entomology, or you could type in, if you'd like to, www.ent.iastate.edu slash soybean research. But you could just type soybean entomology. That seems a lot easier. You can also find... You can find me on Twitter. I'm pretty active. Uh, At uh, Aaron W. Hodson. That's E R I N W H O D G S O N.
0: What's the W for?
1: It's for you to find out. (laughs) (laughs) You're on Twitter, but not really on Twitter, right? So, okay. Um, How else can you reach us? Um, Email? Email. Ew at Iastate.edu.
0: O N E A L at IA All
1: right. I mean right. there's like ten ways to get hold of us. So
0: don't you have no excuse. You got
1: comments, you got questions, you can't hear us, we're too loud. Let us know. We're wanting some feedback. We're lonely. <laughs> we're lonely scientists.
0: All right. That was a good one. I think, See you in, in a month. Well, Nine.
1: in a couple weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah. Let's, couple couple weeks. Week. Yeah. Let's touch right. base after ICM. All right. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.